I want to preface this by saying I am not an expert in this subject, but I've just spent the last couple of weeks selling and then buying a home. And for those of you who may not have had this experience in a long time, or maybe never, and are thinking about your first home buying purchase, uh, I just want to share my experience in that area and what I found to be true and not true about shopping for a house. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Profit Able Podcast, your go-to resource for tips to grow your business and live your best life. I'm your host, Terry Milroy, and each week I'll be bringing you insider strategies to help you build a profitable coaching business or online course while also cultivating a lifestyle that you love. Get ready to up-level your income and your joy as we dive into today's show. Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Profit Able Podcast. I am your host, Terry Milroy, and this is my very bare office. Um, I am, and you have not been listening to the podcast or heard some of the previous episodes, I am moving. And um, so there's a lot missing from the walls and a lot of stuff that just is not quite right. Um, and also, I am not quite right today. <laughs> um, I have recorded this twice already, and both times the um, audio, for some reason, is not functioning. So we're going to try again. This is the first time I am doing video recording since I got eczema on my eyelids. Isn't it great? I look like someone either punched me or like I've been crying. Um, but here we go. Um, before we get started, I want to start with a disclaimer. I am not a real estate expert. I'm not a financial expert. I am just someone who is in the process of buying and selling houses. So I'm going to share with you my personal experience and what I have found to be true, but please do not take anything that I say on this episode as necessarily financial advice or um, the gospel in any sense of the word. Your markets may be different than the markets I am dealing with. Um, you may be dealing with people who are more experts at this process than I am, and they may give you completely different advice. And if you are dealing with qualified professionals, please take their advice because I am dealing with qualified professionals, but um, I'm also on a really tight timeline. So my circumstances may be different than yours. Okay. Having said that, what I want to talk about today is the experience of selling and buying, because I think that whether you are an entrepreneur or um, are employed in a corporate job or you're in the military or, um, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom, maybe, or stay-at-home dad. Uh, lots of people at some point in their life, of course, stop, uh, um, dogs, sorry, will have the experience of buying and selling a house. And if you have not ever done it, let me just tell you, oh, also. Well, that's one of the reasons I look funny. Um, one of the reasons that um, I wanted to talk about this is because it's been super stressful. And it has really pushed me in a way that has been incredibly uncomfortable and also forced me to really evaluate 
the process that I was using to make my decisions because so much of this process has been rushed for me. And so I wanted to try to give some advice and hope that that was helpful. So let's start with the selling. Um, as I said, my office is pretty bare. Um, my whole house is pretty bare right now. One of the first things we did before I ever called a realtor was we went around the house and we looked for things that might need to be One second. Um, <laughs> there's my dog. Um, one of the things that we did was we went through the house and we looked for things that needed to be fixed. Um, and we tried to address those before we ever brought a realtor in. So for example, I live in the country. I have a gravel driveway. I had the driveway redone before I brought a realtor out. Um, we restained our deck before we brought a realtor out. Uh, we had carpets cleaned and had professional maids come in and deep clean the house. And I had a painter come in, even though my house is only four and a half years old, had professional painters come in and paint most of my house because when we moved in, um, the people who moved the furniture in were not super careful and there were scuffs on the wall that no amount of cleaning would get off. Um, that said, if you have scuffs on the wall and you've never tried a Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, you don't know what you're missing in your life. So try Mr. Clean Magic Erasers first because that's a lot. Um, also, fun fact, I thought, because I built this house, I thought I knew what paint was on the wall. And so I went and rebought that same paint in that same color and brought it home to try to touch up the walls. First of all, you really can't touch up paint once it's several years old because it fades. Um, didn't know that. Didn't know even in a room like my office that has no windows, didn't know that the paint fades. But more importantly, didn't know that the painters did not buy the finish that I paid them to buy. And so when I bought the correct color, but the wrong finish, it looked like I had gotten oil on the wall because the finish was completely different and the two did not blend. And I wound up having to paint whole rooms that I did not intend to paint because of that. So if you have the means to do so um, and you want to save some money, please have someone come in and evaluate your paint job before you buy paint. Anyway, I did all of that before um, we brought a realtor in. And I also rented a storage unit and we did as much as we could to declutter the house, to pack up things that were in closets that we weren't going to need for a while, um, to pack up things like Christmas decorations and things that were in the garage so that the garage was less cluttered. All of those things helped to make the house look really open or when the realtor brought a photographer in to take pictures. I hired my realtor through the recommendation of a friend. And if you are looking to sell a house and you have the opportunity to talk to people who have sold houses recently, ask them about their experience with their specific realtor and with the realtor's brokerage agency. Um, I was very fortunate that my next door neighbor, who is my friend, had sold two houses in the last couple of years and used the same um, agent for both. 
I'm saying um all the time. I was actually in a webinar for three hours where the speaker did nothing but say um, and I can't stop myself now. Anyway, my, my neighbor had sold two houses with this agent and said he got them sold really fast. He got them sold for at or above asking. You want to talk to him. So I did. And I appreciated the fact that he was not salesy. He didn't try to push me to sign a contract. When I asked him about a contract, I asked how long would it have to be for? Because it is pouring rain outside. I can't like literally even let them out because it's raining so hard. They will just completely destroy the house. They go out and come back in. This is the offender right here. Anyway, um, and there I go again. So I talked to this agent and I asked him how long I would have to sign a contract for. And he very wisely said that their contracts were 90 days because in the current market where I live, most houses are selling in less than 60 days and the majority in less than 21 days. So if a house doesn't sell in 90 days, there's a problem with either the agent or the relationship. And so I was happy with that answer and hired him. He spent his own money to bring in a photographer with a drone. And so the photographer took interior and exterior pictures of the house uh, took drone pictures of the house and the entire property because I live on several acres. And the pictures were amazing. And I didn't pay a dime for them. Now, I am going to be paying my agent at closing, but um, very well worth it. We had a coming soon listing, which is something else to consider. Because we knew that there hasn't been a lot of inventory for sale in my area recently, my agent put out a coming soon listing on MLS so that people who were looking in my price range and in my general area would know that on this date, there's going to be more pictures available of the house and the listing would go live. And because of that coming soon listing, we actually had people lined up um, with appointments before the listing actually went live, which was great. We also had an open house the first weekend, and that open house brought us several potential buyers, one of whom actually wound up buying the house. So the house sold in less than a week, but there was a lot of preparation involved. And it's not the kind of preparation I've ever done to sell a house before, but I am really glad that I did it despite the fact that I have basically not rested for the last three or four months but I am going to rest soon after the move is complete. On the flip side, the house sold so fast that the buyers, of course, want their new house. So I had to go pottering off to my new location and look for a place to live. Again, I had a recommendation from family. Uh, this particular realtor had sold my parents' house when they went into assisted living several years ago. So I felt confident in that relationship and was headed off with all sorts of, this is going to be great. It's a larger uh, metropolitan area. And I thought there would be a ton of choices, but even more than the area I'm leaving, the area I'm moving to is a very, very hot housing market right now, despite the fact that interest rates are so high. 
I looked at listings on a Sunday night and was intending to start viewing houses with my realtor on Tuesday. Uh, she wanted 24 hours to set up appointments, very reasonable. Um, so I gave her a list Sunday evening from the MLS. And by Tuesday morning, half of those houses were gone. So I learned a couple of lessons from that. One of them is that you need to have a pretty significant list in markets where things are moving quickly. You cannot count on having the opportunity to slide in at the last minute. Now, most of those houses were taking backup offers, but I couldn't count on a backup offer because a backup offer would have required probably for me to wait a couple of weeks for an inspection, for financing, for a bunch of other things before I knew whether I got the house or not. And that wasn't something I had time for because of my buyer's timeline back home. If you are on a less pressed timeline, that might be an option. But the other thing that I really learned is that you have to really know what you need versus what you think you want. I thought I wanted a certain number of bedrooms and bathrooms and a certain square footage because I was looking to downsize from the house that I'm currently in now that my children are grown up. I wound up having to get not as big a house as I'm leaving, but a bigger house than I wanted with more bedrooms than I expected because I was thinking in terms of a larger house that would have an extra living area or an extra dining area or just like, you know, a nook in some part of the house where I could put my desk and do work because I work from home, not only for this podcast and my coaching uh, program, we'll call it that. I've just lost the word, uh, but also my regular job. And I needed room for my desk and my monitor and my computer and, you know, all the stuff that I have. And what I discovered was that the size house that I thought that I wanted did not have any extra room. There were no secondary dining spaces. There were no secondary living spaces. There wasn't even like an alcove in a hallway where I could try to set up a table and put my computer and monitor and everything. I had to have more space because I had to have a dedicated study or another bedroom or something that was going to allow me to make room for my work. So be sure that you understand what you need versus what you think you want or what you think you want to pay for. And if you have needs that you think you don't want to pay for, be sure that you take time to look at listings. And if you don't have to move and you're in a position where you really don't feel comfortable with the price point for that number of bedrooms or that amount of square footage or in my case, I also had the issue of my two dogs and I needed a backyard that was going to be big enough for them. A lot of smaller houses didn't have very much yard because when people downsize, they tend to not want to do yard work. And so I discovered that even houses that were technically big enough for what I needed didn't have enough space for two large dogs to do anything even, you know, just do their business if I could keep them entertained elsewhere. Um, so I wound up having to really alter my expectations on the fly. And the house that I wound up buying was not even on the list that we started with on Tuesday morning because 
I learned over the course of that first day what I really needed versus what I thought I wanted. I think it's also important to realize that what is on the real estate apps is very helpful in terms of a starting point. I got a lot out of that. You know, the pictures alone are very helpful. But I want to just suggest that especially in some cases, the financial information is not 100% accurate. I found in the course of putting, I wound up putting two offers in because <laughs> houses were selling so fast, nobody down there wanted to negotiate at all. And a couple of them indicated that they already had offers on the table that they were considering. And I didn't know if I would be able to get either of the houses that I kind of narrowed down to. So I wound up putting two offers in. What I discovered is that what was on the real estate apps, price was right, um, but there were other things that were wrong. Taxes were wrong. And I'll give you an example, because it seems like you know they should be able to pull taxes. But where I am moving, there is something called a municipal utility district. And that's where new neighborhoods, for the first several years after they're constructed, Everyone in that area is taxed an additional property tax fee to pay for the infrastructure, to pay for utilities to be put in, electrical and um, gas if there's gas, and water and sewer and all of that. And that tax is not reflected in the taxes that you see on the apps. It's also true that the HOA fees are generally reflected on the apps, but they aren't always accurate. The HOA fees for the neighborhood I'm moving to were listed, but my house was listed late last year. It happened to be a house that hadn't sold very quickly, um, partly because the people who were selling it were not willing to negotiate, um, which is fine. You know, if their house and they paid for it and they're entitled to get what they want out of it or not move. But they listed it in 2023, and in January of 2024, the HOA dues changed. And so that figure also wound up being incorrect. So what I saw on the app was if I put this much down and, you know, got this interest rate, then this is what I could expect my payment to be. And that was wrong. I bought my interest rate down. I spent more money for closing and my payment is still more than what the app told me it was going to be because of these additional taxes and because of the increase in the HOA. That's not to say, again, that the apps aren't really helpful, but just don't rely on them for all of your financial information because sometimes they can be wrong. Now, the last thing that I really want to suggest is that you really, if you've never bought a house, if you have, you probably already know this, but if you haven't bought a house, especially if you're thinking about buying in this next little while, the house that I'm leaving, I bought at the lowest point of interest rates, and my interest rate in this house is less than 3%. I am buying at the highest point <laughs> of interest rates, 
And even with buying down my interest rate considerably, I'm going to be at about 6%. So that changes what I can afford if I have a specific budget that I'm trying to stay within. Now, if money is no object to you, this probably doesn't matter, and you can just skip this part of the episode altogether. But for most people, whether your budget is what you can genuinely afford or what you prefer to afford in order to be able to afford other things, you need to look carefully at not only what the down payment is going to be, that's one thing, um, but there are other closing costs that keep getting added. Every time I buy a house, there are new closing costs that are being added. Um, and my closing costs are just ridiculous. I'm just going to say that. They are just ridiculous. Um, but there's nothing you can do about that. The government takes what the government takes. Um, sellers, of course, usually pay the commission for the agents, both the buyer's agent and the seller's agent, and that's fine. But even without paying a commission on the purchase of the house in my new location, there are government fees, there are points to your lender, there's your down payment, there's all sorts of other things. And then I added to that by choosing to buy down my interest rate so that I wouldn't have to pay closing costs again to refinance the first time interest rates dropped. It actually wound up being a lot cheaper for me to buy down the interest rate than to refinance in 12 months time because interest rates had gone down just, you know, one and a half percent or whatever. Not everybody has the cash to do that and that's completely understandable, but just understand that when you refinance, you will have at least as much in closing costs as you will probably spend on buying down your interest rate. Just fair warning. But anyway, um, closing costs are going to be just ridiculous. And those costs for me um, have to be paid in cash. There are some fees in some places that you can't not pay in cash. One of the things um, in addition to my down payment that I have to pay in cash is a transfer of ownership fee that the HOA of the new neighborhood charges. That seems a little bit dumb to me. I bought your house. I'm going to live in your neighborhood. Why do I have to pay a transfer of ownership fee? But I do. And that's, you know, I could have backed out of the purchase when I found that out. But at that point, you know, we'd struggled for a whole week finding a place and I chose not to. There's also the issue of moving. Movers cost money. And depending on how much you are moving, they may cost more or less. Um, but be sure that you shop around. And if at all possible, interview in person or over Zoom or something, the people that you're going to hire to move you. Because I have found that the people who just do an over-the-phone quote have little fine print in their estimates. And that's all I'm going to say. But read the fine print. Just read it very carefully. Um, I actually wound up going with movers that I interviewed in person who came to my house and actually saw everything that they were going to have to move. 
So there was no way they could say, well, but you didn't disclose this and I didn't know about that and this wasn't clear. Saw the whole thing, took video of the whole thing, it's all done. Anyway, my point in doing this episode is that this has been incredibly physically, mentally, and emotionally stressful for me. It's been stressful for three or four months, getting the house ready to sell, spending my free time doing repairs around the house or researching um, how to do certain repairs or taking estimates or quotes when I couldn't do the work myself from other people. It's been really mentally stressful because though I am fortunate enough to be able to afford what I'm doing, I'm also pretty cheap. <laughs> and the financial aspect of this has been really mentally draining, as has just the time acceleration suddenly. You know, I was frustrated because it took so long to get the house ready to sell. And part of that was because we had the holidays and both of my children's birthdays and I was out of town a lot and, you know, all of this stuff, but still frustrating. And then all of a sudden the house sells in less than a week. I have to run, go look for a new place to live. I only have a certain amount of time to find a place to live because the bank needs a certain number of days to close and I have to be out of my house here by a certain date in order to meet the contract that I have with my buyers. That's a lot. And it has caused me some stress-filled sleepless nights. So if you have the opportunity to plan better than I did, plan. Um, Ask for a long closing, if a long closing is something that you can work with. If I had not agreed to a 21-day turnaround, I wouldn't be quite so stressed, but um, I am trying to get to my new location to spend time with my dad, who is 84 years old, and I want to spend as much time with him as I can for whatever time he has left. So I agreed to the 21-day close because it got me to where I want to be faster doesn't mean that it wasn't stressful, even though it was my choice. And it's been really emotionally stressful because there are people counting on me. There are people counting on me here. There are people counting on me there. There are decisions to be made, and I am not someone who makes decisions lightly. I'm also impacting relationships, relationships here with friends that I care about and relationships there with friends and family that I love very much. People there are really excited and, you know, pushing me to move faster, to get there quicker, um, to do whatever I have to do to just get out and get there. People here are not quite so thrilled and they are, you know, holding on and, you know, asking for time and attention that I want to give them, but there's not a lot of me left. So this whole process has been a lesson in how to navigate difficult points in relationships, as well as just a big life lesson for me. And I think that because it has been so challenging for me to navigate, both personally and relationally, I wanted to do this episode just to kind of, you know, throw out there, whether you're moving 
whether you're changing jobs, maybe you're getting married or having a child or adopting a child or going through a divorce or you've been widowed or maybe you're, you've lost uh, some close family. Whatever the situation is that you're going through, I want to encourage you to look for the opportunities to make your own life as easy as possible while you navigate. Don't do what I did and overcommit. Don't feel bad if you need time to think. There is nothing wrong with telling people, I'm sorry, I will not sign on the dotted line today because this is a large financial commitment and I need 24 or 48 hours to think about it. And then there is also nothing wrong with saying, I'm really sorry, I appreciate your time and your energy, but this price or the length of time it's gonna take you to get this service done or whatever it is, doesn't work for me. Set boundaries that make you more relaxed and give you peace and allow you to sleep at night. Because in the end, any of these situations, even when there are other people involved, even if you are going through a divorce and you have kids or, um, you know, you, God forbid, lost a parent and the other parent needs your time and attention and care, even when there are other people that are depending upon you and your energy, if you have nothing to give, or if you don't sleep at night because you're so stressed out about the solutions that you are allowing yourself to be forced into, then you are of no use to the people who need you. So take time to navigate whatever challenge you're going through with care and with respect for the enormity of whatever it is. And then also be gentle with yourself. All of these circumstances, even the really tough ones, in the end are part of this thing that we call life. And they're going to work out. They really will. It may not seem like it right now, but they really will work out. And they will work out for the best, for your best and for the best of others. So do not, like me, lie awake at night wondering what you could have done better or what you could have done different. I, I realize um, seems hypocritical. I am really good most days. But um, like this morning, my dog fell out of bed at 4.30 this morning, like literally rolled over and fell out of bed onto the hardwood floor. Boom, went through the whole house. Woke me up, woke my other dog up, woke my daughter up. Um, and I was not able to go back to sleep at that point because my brain engaged. Because I, like the adrenaline just was so, because I jumped straight up out of bed. The adrenaline was so significant that I couldn't calm down for a while. And it gave my brain time to say, well, let's think about something that will keep us awake for the rest of the night. And so we did. Try not to do that to yourself. Hopefully your dog doesn't fall out of bed and onto the hardwood floor at 4.30 in the morning. But 
If they do, uh, try some deep breathing exercises. If you have to, get up and turn the TV on. Better to fall asleep watching TV or listening to a podcast or reading a book or doing something else that keeps your mind from the hamster wheel of craziness that many of us have occupied for much of our lives. Um, rather than, um, and, and stressing yourself out just isn't going to make it any better. The more stressed you are, the worse decisions you make, and the more opportunity you're going to have for regret. So, hopefully, um, this has given somebody a nugget of information that will help them. And hopefully, I will be able to get my podcast episodes batched before the move. Uh, the move is in two weeks, holy moly. So we will be batching a couple of episodes. And then once I get to my new location and get set up, I have guests, uh, visitors again, that I'm excited to bring on that will give us some new and engaging material. So I hope that you will stick with me and I will see you in the next episode. Take care and God bless. Thanks for tuning into the Profit Able Podcast. I hope you picked up some useful nuggets to implement right away to increase your profits or your ability to live that good life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with any coaches, course creators, or lifestyle design seekers who would find value in this content. When we support each other, we all rise higher. I look forward to bringing you more real tactical tips to grow your business and enhance your life on the next episode of the Profit Able Podcast. See you then.